Hello, everyone. Welcome into the Sports Plus Podcast. Our biggest talker this week is the same thing we were talking about last week, because the Cardinals still haven't lost a game since they recorded last week. 16 in a row, as of this taping, the longest winning streak in Cardinals franchise history, and a magic number of one for the wild card. So let's get right into the Cardinals. Everything's going right right now. We're running out of things to say about how incredible this has been. Frank, this is one of the craziest stories I've been around for. What where do you think this slots in for you? They haven't won anything yet, but still, just to be where they're at from where they were is insane. Yeah, you know, even though they're different sports, it, it reminds me in one sense of the 99 Rams where you just didn't think they were going to lose or the 2019 Blues where they're just going to win. That's just the way it is. Now, those teams, especially the Rams, were definitely more dominating and more filled with Hall of Famers. But this team just refuses to lose. And, you know, a lot of times people ask me, well, why? Here's the reason. Is that instead of Johan Oviedo and John Gant and Carlos Martinez getting starts, you're getting starts from John Lester, Jay Happ, and really, you know, quality pitchers like Jake Woodford. Uh, There's a lot of reasons, but it starts with starting pitching. That's the reason. Andy, on offense, the Cardinals have gotten contributions from everybody, especially Tyler O'Neill, Paul Goldschmidt, and Harrison Bader lately. Seems you couldn't look up at a game the past week without seeing an O'Neill or Goldschmidt home run. O'Neill has 11 in the month. That's the fourth most in September in franchise history. McGuire has the other three. I think the Cardinals hung on to the right outfielder when they kept Tyler O'Neill. It's starting to look that way. Uh, and, you know, a little uh, something we should not overlook here is that Cardinals have three guys with 30-plus home runs. They haven't had that happen since uh, Pujols, Roland, and Edmonds back in 2004. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's all coming together. And, you know, a team that couldn't buy a hit in, you know, July and, and whatever now seems like uh, – all they do is put the bat on the ball and it finds, uh, finds an empty spot. Frank, how much credit do you think Mike Schilt should get for this streak and turnaround? He's kept a positive outlook, even though, you know, <laughs> trying to make fun of him, fought their tails off after every, after every tough loss they've had this year. But, hey, he kept his head up, kept believing in his guys, and now he looks like the smart one. Yeah, even though the media kind of grew tired of it and the fans definitely grew tired of it, him finding something positive to say after a seven, nothing shellacking bottom line is you want to keep your players in the right frame of mind. And if you want to play for a guy, you want to play for Mike Schilt because even when it's going poorly, he finds the silver lining and he deserves a whole lot of credit in this. There's, there's no doubt about it. Even Mike Shannon went out of his way the other day on KMOX to say, this guy's really special. For sure. Uh, Andy, we get to actually talk about the playoffs now, which I kind of resigned myself to us not being able to talk about that at all. But we get to the Cardinals magic number is one as we record this on Monday. They're going to play in the wild card game. We don't know who they're going to be playing yet. The NOS still has to decide uh, to be decided between the Giants and Dodgers. And if you had to pick, who would you like the Cardinals to face? And is there any question it should be anybody other than Adam Wainwright getting that start? No, I definitely uh, want Adam Wainwright on the mound uh, out there. And if I have to burn Jack Flaherty and uh, Dakota Hudson, uh, you know, to piggyback on that, um, 
Hudson first, then, you know, then Flaherty or whatever. I'm good with that. Um, as far as who I would rather play, um, that's a really a pick your poison thing because much like the Cardinals, the Giants don't have a lot of big name players and yet they've managed to win day in and day out and, and keep ahead for the most part of a Dodgers team that, uh, you know, they have an unlimited budget. And, and young players seem to come out of the organization and all they do is win. I think best case scenario, you hope Giants Dodgers goes to a game 163 and they have to maybe throw a few arms. They, they wouldn't have to uh, if they were just going to a wild card game, whoever it's going to be. Frank, sometimes all that matters is if you're hot going into the playoffs. We've seen that the last two times the Cardinals won the World Series in 06 and 11. So does this Cardinals team have what it takes to go on a significant run if they can make it out of that one game wild card? Um, I think so. I, I think that Lester and Hap uh, could probably give you respectable starts and Michaelis. I do think that, look, I'm 99% certain that Adam Wainwright is the man for the job Wednesday, October 6th, either in San Francisco or LA. I will say this. If he were to have a bad outing tomorrow and Michaelis would be absolutely sensational in his next outing, and that would be three really good outings in a row, I think you'd, you'd have a conversation. But my gut feel is he's been your best pitcher for two years. He's the second best pitcher in the history of the franchise. You take your chances. And I don't even know if it's Dakota Hudson or Jack Flaherty that are like ready to stand by. I think you have so many different weapons in a do or die game that you could go to Cabrera early or Garcia early. I mean, boy, I mean that bullpen, that's, that's been just the, one of the biggest reasons why they're in the position they're in right now. I'll tell you what, I know the Dodgers and the giants, neither of them want to face this Cardinals team right now. We'll see which one has that honor in the wild card game. Once it gets here, let's switch gears a little bit. Boston, the Cardinals hoopla, hockey season's creeping up. The Blues have made some news as well. Most notably, they sent the often frustrating Zach Stanford to Ottawa for the hometown kid, Logan Brown. Frank, I know you've been high on Stanford while he was here. What did you think of this trade? Well, it was a trade, as Doug Armstrong admitted, that had serious salary cap ramifications. There's no doubt about that. And I was reading in The Athletic today about the plans for Sanford, about him possibly being on the number one power play. I think he's going to have a good career. I think he's going to score 20 goals in the league. But with that said, I've known Logan Brown for a long time, and you're not the 11th pick in the draft without having some skill. We know he has great size at six foot six. He's Jeff's kid, so he's got you know great bloodlines. It would be an unbelievable story if you could get this young man's career really going in St. Louis because he grew up there. His sister was in tears when the trade uh, was made. So it'd be a great storyline. And, you know, look, let's face it. I don't think Craig Berube and Zach Sanford were ever going to become drinking buddies. Andy, that's one home to hometown kid from that magical draft class back here. I think the blues would like to get a few more of those guys back here. I listen, when I heard about this trade, that's the first thing I thought. I think the blues want to try and collect some of these St. Louis kids. What do you think? Uh, you know, I was just thinking the same thing. Uh, you know, you're occupying space in my head here um, because it seems like, uh, you know, maybe the uh, Blues would want to uh, unite the law firm of Brown, Kachuk, and Kachuk. Um, you know, I'd be all for it. If they can find a way to do that, you'd certainly 
generate a lot of interest. You would have a lot of youth on your side and already some established skills. So uh, first step is uh, is Logan Brown. Let's uh, you know he certainly offers the size that uh, the Blues may be lacking on the on the defensive core a little bit. So let's get started with him and then uh, then work on the other pieces. One more big story as the Blues season gets underway. We talked about that last week. Uh, Frank Vladimir Tarasenko's situation. Everybody said all the right things, including Tarasenko when they got him in front of a microphone as training camp opened. They say he looks really good on the ice now too. But what's really the vibe? Is everything really all hunky-dory and sunshine and roses there at Blues Camp with Tarasenko? Well, because of the leadership of a guy like Ryan O'Reilly and the kind of, I wouldn't say desperate situation, but it's a team that desperately needs something to happen from a goal scorer's perspective. So, look, if I'm, if I'm Vladimir Tarasenko and I want to get the heck out of St. Louis – well, the way to get out of it is to be in the best shape of your career and score 30 goals and have somebody that wants to pay you $7.5 And if you're the Blues and you want to win a Stanley Cup, well, it's to all of a sudden get an unexpected 35 goals out of this guy. So I think, you know, both sides need this thing to work, and I think there's a chance it will. And shockingly, you know, they're going to give it a shot. A month ago, we never would have thought this was, was going to happen. Very true. Uh, Tarasenko showing up still wearing a Blues jersey. I think most fans would not have been expecting that in the heat of the offseason. We're going to finish on a sour note with one Mizzou thought here. They lost again on Saturday. They're now 2-2 two and two on the season. They lost two games they needed to have to prove themselves as, as some kind of contender or even an above-average season. They lost Kentucky and Boston College. Andy, well, what's next? Is, is this a team we're getting? It's just another Mizzou team and it's not really going to be any kind of special year after all. This is what we're stuck with. Well, with, you know, the hype, uh, the hype has certainly outweighed the results to this point. Um, you know, certainly we'll have to see what they do in the conference season. Um, but right now, uh, you know, they need a little Cardinals magic. They need to, they need that spark to maybe pull off, you know, two or three uh, wins that, uh, that no one saw coming. And then maybe they can get the train rolling, but uh, disappointing loss on Saturday for sure. The only number that matters from Mizzou, oh, go ahead. the only number that matters from Mizzou is 275, as in 275 yards on the ground by BC. That can't happen, especially with a team from the ACC. It's been a problem all of last year. It's a problem this year, and I don't know if you can solve it mid-season. You know, Steve Wilkes seems like a smart guy, but I don't know if it's about schemes. It may be about skill and size and you know the players in the program right now but they got to solve this thing you're absolutely right frank i mean they just got blown off the line on on saturday and uh you know made that little running back look uh, look like a star um but yeah they're gonna have to figure something out because uh they did not look good trying to stop that running game this week frank sat down with blues captain ryan o'reilly to get a look at the upcoming season Here's what they talked about at their Sunday night on Sports Plus. With the COVID restrictions out of the way for the most part, what's the one thing you miss the most that you're going to get back? No, just the energy I think that the, the, uh, the fans bring, just that excitement, um, the way they can you know, help with momentum. You know, playing at home, I think, much of a hockey town we are in our building and that excitement that surrounds us when there's a big hit and, and we're playing hard, it just feels like they just 
help us grow and, and, and just give us life. How about evolving as a captain? That was your first year. How do you get better as a captain in year two? Um, you know, a lot of the same things. It's, you know, push myself to, you know, get out of my comfort zone and, and, and you know, find different ways to lead. There's always, you know, so many different ways uh, to do things. And I think I just have to keep pushing myself to, to be more vocal, to, to have tough conversations. Um, you know, I think if I've got the best intention for the team, you know, those things will come easier and easier for me. Will you plan on having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Vladimir Tarasenko? Have you already had it? And how do you make a situation that looked potentially awkward a smooth transition? Um, yeah, we talked briefly and it's been, uh, it's very good. You know, he's here now and, you know, he's working hard. He looks great on the ice. You know, he's here with us and our plan is to win with him. And that's, and that's what it is. And I, you know, I think he's done a great job. You know, on the ice and with guys, it's, uh, you know, we all know what you know, happened before, but that's behind us. So in your time seeing him and the way he looks, would it surprise you if at the end of the season, number 91 has 30 goals? Gosh, no. You know, he's, you know, he's one of the great, like the best offensive players I've ever played with. You know, his release and just the, the strength of him. You know, he's so tough to get the puck off of. You know, he's a guy that can make something out of nothing. You know, very, there are very few guys in the league that can do that. So when I say the name Brendan Saad, you think what? Gosh, like a Swiss Army knife. I feel like he can do, do anything, you, anything you need him to do. Pavel Buchnevich, you think what? Uh, dynamic. You know, watch him out there, the way he skates, the, you know, um, the way he handles the puck, his shot. Uh, he's very uh, he's dangerous. So when you look at this roster right now and you know how gifted that division is, do you see a, a Stanley Cup team? Oh, gosh, yeah. But the thing about yeah, Stanley Cup, it's, it's something that, you know, it's never, I think, just, you know, you know, it doesn't just happen. You know, it's, it's something that I think is at the end of the season, it unfolds and you're the last team standing and you get the privilege to, to hoist it. And in order to get that, you know, our focus has got to be on the details. It's, it's getting better, you know, starting today in camp and every time we touch the ice, it's getting a bit better. And final thought, 10 years from now when you play your last game, how would you like to be remembered? Uh, well, I hope I got longer than that. We'll see if my body allows me to, but uh, I'll have to pull the gear off me. But uh, yeah, that, uh, that, I, that I just, I left it all out there every shift. That will do it for this episode of the Sports Plus Podcast. Thanks for listening. Be sure to download and subscribe as well as rate and review wherever you get your podcast. Have a great week, everyone.